Welcome to the Pencil Skirt Society. It's Amy Bolding and Amanda Dalrymple. And each week, we're going to talk to women just like you and me who are building their businesses, improving their relationships, and working on themselves each and every day. That's right, and we're so happy you're here with us. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. We have been so excited about this episode. You know, Amy has been super excited about this because she actually connected with our guest, Desiree, years ago, and we are finally getting to sit down and talk to her. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's been a few years, and I – how do I explain this? When I stumbled across her page – I just instantly knew, and I wasn't even sure what I was doing at this time. This was years ago when I first started the podcast, and it, I just, I was like, I got to get her on, and this was even really before <laughs> I had gotten too deep into what she does, and then it just didn't work out, and I'm just so excited, and I, I love, love, love the way this episode turned out. I'm so excited, and I love that we're posting it on 311. I know you know why I picked that that date, but I'm so excited. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. We should talk about it. Talk about the number 11 because I'm, like, I'm right on the cusp of, like, kind of knowing about it, but I'm not an expert, but I know you are. So, so explain to everybody what 311 means. Okay, guys. Okay, we're going to get a little weird with you because you're already listening to a podcast episode about manifesting, right? Okay. So... There are these things called like angel numbers or spirit numbers, and it's basically like your guides or the universe or God. Um, it could you could even consider it your angels or loved ones that are sending you messages. So if you ever looked at the clock and you've seen you know two twenty two, three thirty three, um, eleven eleven, uh, one eleven even, um, each of those sequences sometimes you see it on billboards, and and you'll notice that you'll sometimes see the same number over and over again in the, in the day. And so what that's supposed to mean is that there's a message coming to you. And the significance of 11 is if you put, you know, one and one together, it looks like it's making a portal. And so when you think about energy and um, shifting your energy and all of that, what it's supposedly supposed to mean is that there is um, energy shifting, which there's always energy shifting, but, it's a signal to you to pay attention to your thoughts because your thoughts are constantly changing your reality minute by minute. And so for me, I, I see 11, 11 a lot. And I think that like personally I've had to struggle a lot with getting over thinking, constantly thinking about negative emotions and constantly thinking about the worst scenarios and all of this. That's been a struggle for me. And I, we even talk about that a lot in this episode. And so I actually love um, the number 11 because it just, it reminds me to keep thinking positively and, and to focus on what you're thinking about because it you're literally changing your reality, which we talk about that a little bit in the episode, um, by your thoughts. And so I just love it. And when we were looking at the calendar and we were like, okay, we were figuring out what, what episodes we're going to go win. I was like, oh my gosh, 311. And three is a whole nother number. I won't get into that, but. I just love the numbers. <laughs> I think they're awesome. Well, and I, and I remember one day I was like, Amy, 
I was like having this really crappy day and I was like, it's just bizarre. I just keep seeing like one eleven every, I just keep seeing ones. Like I just keep seeing ones. I'm like, it's just weird. And this was before I had started even like looking into any of this. And you were like, oh my God, let me tell you why you were seeing those numbers. And then after you told me, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like somebody is trying to talk to me and I really do need to just like shift my mindset and it was just that little gentle reminder and you know once I did that everything just seemed so like joyous and happy and your my energy just felt good and and so just try it like I know that it's a little out there but it is um it's very cool I know it and honestly if you if you're going to keep listening to this you're going to hear about stuff like this every now and then I I talk about it way too much and if I yeah if somebody tells me some stuff like that I'm like I'm definitely that person that's like well, I'll get into crystals too one of these days. When when I when I get Amanda like versed in the numbers, I'll move on to crystals. But I'm like, oh my god, have you have you seen this like quartz? Do you know what quartz do? Do you know what the energy of this rock is and what the energy of that number is? I love it. This stuff gets me pumped. So I'm super excited about this episode. I'm super excited about talking with Desiree, and I'm super excited about the day 311. Um, but before we get into the episode, it's been a couple of days since we talked and. We kind of both had some exciting things happen this week. So, Amanda, tell us what's going on with you this week. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, like, as a mama, there are these, just those times in your life when you're like, how is this happening so fast? And I remember before I even had my first, people, like, people would always tell me, it goes so fast, it goes so fast. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know, like, move along. I've heard it a hundred times. And Cooper, my first son, he had his first birthday, and I was like, yeah, that went pretty fast. But Bridger, oh, my God, my second son, he just celebrated his first birthday, and I was, like, an emotional mess the day before his birthday because I was just like, how did this happen so quickly? I feel like just yesterday I brought him home, and now all of a sudden he's turning one, and he's walking, and, like, all the things are happening. So he turned one. We had this – we had a birthday party for him. And I feel like COVID has just kind of made things kind of weird, you know, like totally. we would normally have this, we would normally have this like big birthday party and invite everybody in my circle and my, like every person in my family. And, you know, it ended up just seeing a few, which was, which was fine, but it's just kind of a weird feeling like decorating your house and getting balloons and cakes and cookies and like all those things. But there was only like, five people you know it's just like it's kind of just a weird feeling but I'm really grateful for the people that did come um and can we also talk about how awkward little kids birthdays are like they get awkward right like so awkward especially (laughs) yes and especially when you have to I mean honestly you know maybe a smaller party is better because honestly it's like sometimes you know somebody, but you don't really know them that well, and then you get stuck yeah. in that same corner with them, and you've got to make small talk. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, and then, yeah, you're watching people open presents, and then there's other people's kids trying to open the presents with your kid, and it's like, okay, yeah, I guess it's just a free-for-all now. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah, and I think that you're right. Like, I'm kind of thinking my lucky stars that it was a little bit smaller, and it was all people that, you know, were either my friend like in my family or my really close friends. And so I was probably a little bit better that way. It had to have been. <laughs> so you don't have to make small talk with that person in the corner that you don't know. And actually I was just telling Wes about this the other day about, we were standing at a birthday party and it was just 
there's just kids going crazy. I mean, they've all got blue frosting on their face. They're dirty. Oh, yeah. you, know, you dress them up to go to these parties, and they're dirty 30 minutes in, and they're sticky, and they're all trying to get to the cake first. I want the pink one. I want the blue one. I want the, you know, they're going nuts. And so, yeah, it's 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 really it's fun and it's good for them. But yeah, as parents, you're kind of like, and how overwhelmed were you at the end of the day? You know? Oh my gosh. And it, and it's also that weird part where you're like, you cut the cake and you're like, Hey adults, do you want a piece of cake? And everyone is like, no, thanks. And you're like, okay, well I have this cake that I was planning on everybody cake. eating, but it's, it's cool. <laughs> I'll just keep it and eat it for bre- for breakfast or dinner every single day from now on for a week. It's just yeah. it's one of those things. And then also, can we talk about, and I know you're going to relate to this, but the differences in your first kid to your second kid. Like, Cooper, I would get, you know, I got, like, all the things. I had, like, this big fancy cake, and I had these really fancy invitations and, you know, like, a ton of balloons. And, and with Bridger, I was like, yeah, I feel like I can just make his cake, right? Like, I can just make it. I don't need to go buy something super fancy. And we just used, like, our own helium cake tank to fill up a couple balloons from Walmart and you know it's just it's just such a difference between your first and second it's totally like the loves commercial where you're just like you know you're so over the top on everything yeah they hit that commercial I mean the nail on the head it doesn't even they they really did that's how it is and I can totally relate to that like I remember Kaylin's first birthday party we had a jumpy house and there's a bazillion people there and yeah, totally the same scenario. And then Harley's first birthday, of course we were in Wyoming and you remember, I mean, it was just a very small, very small community. Yes. I didn't know anybody, but yeah, it was literally like Nani sent in a cookie cake and we're going to sing you happy birthday and we're going to just let you go to town. Okay, <laughs> here we go. That's all um, we, that's all we have planned. <laughs> Yeah, well, and then I remember not panicking about it that much. I was like, nah, it's fine. And I remember, like, being so stressed out for Kaylin's birthday party, so I could totally relate to that. Yeah. And also, I feel bad because I went to a birthday party this weekend, and I totally did not eat a cupcake that they offered. See? And now I See? feel and now bad. they're going to be eating cupcakes for a week. <laughs> I know. But, you know, we are, we're all there. You know, we're all there at least once. I also didn't eat the pizza, so... Mm-hmm. We've all been there. It's, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I, I know. And all of mine, okay, so not to make it about me or whatever, but all of mine are summer babies, and they're pretty much back-to-back, so we're eating cake for, like, months. So, See, um, so that's, like, know. that's your out. Be like, I can't eat that because I have to eat cake for, like, for, like, four weeks straight. No, honestly, I've just had a problem with sugar my whole life, and this is the first time in my life where I can be, like, I don't need that cupcake. Like, girl, I'm not even playing. Like, if somebody brought in a package of stale donuts back in the day, I'd be like, mm, I want some sugar. Give me, the, give me them donuts. You know, I'm <laughs> not even kidding. Like, I'm literally for the first time yeah. ever like, you know, I can't eat it. So, you know, I feel you. I feel you because, and it is, it's very awkward. But I was really proud of myself that I did not have that blue cupcake. I am too. I'm, like, really proud of you, actually. And I feel like, again, guys, sorry, I'm throwing Arvon in here, but I did the 30 Days to Healthy Living, and it, like, transitions you away from gluten and dairy and soy and, like, all the, like, trigger-sensitive foods. And now I'm like you. Like, I will walk into a room, and if I see donuts or a cupcake or bread, 
Like, uh, if you put a basket of bread in front of me at, like, Olive Garden, I would eat the whole thing. Totally. But now it's so easy. It's so easy for me now to be like, no, thanks. And I don't even think twice about it. It's just, like, the best feeling. I love it. Totally. And also, too, okay, so you and me were talking about dairy the other day, and I was telling you about, like, I finally cut out dairy. And I've always said, like, I'm not giving up cheese. I'm not giving up cheese. I love Mm -hmm. my cheese. And, well, the thing with dairy for me, and I've known this for a while, is that it's really bad for my skin. It makes me break out like crazy. And so I've known that I needed to get rid of it. You know what I mean? Um, Well, today Mm -hmm. we had tacos, and I didn't even crave cheese on top of it. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It's a a very weird thing. Once you get rid of it, you're like, I don't even – sometimes you don't even taste it. You're like, oh, my God, I don't even miss it. I don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Good for you. I'm so proud. Well, thanks. So, you know, it's just because you know so many people that have joined Arbonne with you that they just didn't want that cake. And, you know, you got to give them, give them props. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish kidding. that were the case, but it was like, like my mom and dad who were like, no, we're good. <laughs> oh my God. But well, listen, you have, you have some stuff going on with your kiddos too, right? Didn't Sadie just start T-ball? Yes. We literally just had our first practice today and I'm so excited Charlie is not super into sports. She's very into gymnastics, and I think I'm going to get her into dance. But T-ball was something that we haven't done since Caitlin was little, and she was really into it. And I don't. I, there's just something about preschoolers, preschoolers doing T-ball. It's hilarious, first of all, because none of them know what they're doing. And their little bitty <laughs> legs, and they're in this, like, uniform. It's just the best thing, and I'm so excited that I get to do it again because – like I said, like Carly wasn't into any of that, and Sadie's so into that. She's definitely uh, more of a tomboy, and it was just so cute to see them all out there. And you know, they're all trying to throw the ball, and they're all trying to catch it. And nobody's throwing it or catching it, and it was just—I'm excited right. about it. I can't wait, and I, I love this time of year because that's when all the sports start, and you know, all this stuff for the kids gets going. And so we did that, and then I have. To I have to throw out a complaint, you know. I mean, we're all about positive thinking, but something else happened this week, and I'm very what? frustrated. Okay, so y'all know I got to talk about the farm at least a little bit. So yeah, I've been so <laughs> I've been so excited. I've been I have made a little sprouts from seeds, and I'm so proud of myself. I feel like. I'm the best gardener in the world, right? Like, I'm so proud of myself because usually it's Wes. It's usually not me. And my father-in-law came out, and he tilled the ground, and we got it ready. (laughs) I spent an entire day out there planting all of my little sprouts. And the problem is, is that the deer have come through and eaten most of the sprouts. (gasps) No. So, Didn't you like raise them from little tiny baby seeds too? Yeah, and got them through the snow. Oh. I like moved them into the garage so that they didn't freeze. And here's the thing. Here's the here's the funny, not funny part. Okay, we have three dogs. Two of them are healers, and they destroy everything. Like literally everything. So you cannot leave anything out because if you leave anything out, they will destroy it. So what I had been doing is I had been putting them up at night because that's when they do it. I mean, we had taken everything off the porch 
except for the wood pile, and they literally started dragging wood off the wood pile. Like, I'm not even playing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I had put the, I started putting them up at night so they didn't destroy anything or, you know, dig any holes. Well, now I have to leave them out because I luckily did have extra sprouts left over. I, I made way too many because I was so excited. Um, and so, but now I have to leave them out at night so they can scare away the deer, and I'm like... <laughs> What the heck? Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think this through. Like, what do you do? Do you just, like, put up a fence around your garden or something? Because deer can I jump think, that, probably. Yeah, they can jump it. I don't know. Like, I think maybe, maybe like, an electric fence or something. I mean, we were already planning on fencing it in just to make it look good. But now we've got to, like, I don't know, think outside of the box. Do you box. approve it somehow? I, I don't know how you deer proof it. I literally, this not this did not even cross my mind. This did not even cross my mind. Oh I my. literally did not expect this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what do I do? But I wish you could see my jar now. It's just like on the floor. Well, the dogs do seem to be, well, here's the other funny, not funny part, is that it's towards the back of our house. And so you hear them barking all night and you're like, well, I know they're barking at the deer but they're barking all night. It's like right by my bedroom window and the girl's bedroom window. So I'm like, okay. So I don't know yet. (laughs) It's just, you know, if you know, if you know the way for Amy to do this, like if you're a deer whisperer and you know how to keep them out of a garden, please let us know because I don't know. (laughs) And Amy does not know. know. We don't know. I don't know either. And when we had a garden, when we were young, it was way far away from our house. And I mean, it grew every year. So how do y'all keep the deer out? We didn't have fence. We didn't have a fence around it or anything. So I don't know. It's interesting, and I love you know every week there's something new that I have learned, and so that's what's been going on with us. You know, no big deal. Just keeping the deer out, t-ball. You know, doing the mom thing, doing the farm thing. Um, but, you know, it's been, everything has been good. You know, everything's been really good. You know, like I said, I'm just going to learn as I go. That's all you can do. And yeah, it's kind of like we talked about in the episode, you know, failures are teachable moments. And mm-hmm. I Absolutely. love that we, I love that we touched on that because with every failure, you know, that you have, you try again and you adapt to that. And I know that, you know, we're kind of, I'm going from a, one topic to into another one, but like really and truly when I was, when I was editing the podcast and re-listening to that, I was like, oh my God, that's so true. And also one thing I want to mention is that I mentioned in the podcast that we have a lot in common, her and I, and, um, but then you're going to hear her crazy story and you're going to be like, what, Amy, your parents were that? No, no, no. <laughs> what I meant. What I meant when I said that we had a lot in common is that we were both single moms. We were both bartenders at one point and we both like kind of went from like job to job for the longest time. And I think for me, that was one of my biggest teachable moments because I kept going into these like day jobs and thinking, wow, you know, I'd see somebody that had been there 20 or 15 years and I'd be like, wow, like I want to do that. Like, that's cool that they've stuck with this and look at all these promotions that they've gotten and look how good they are at their job. And it was like, it took forever and so many different day jobs for me to realize that that is just not the structure for me. And I just kept feeling like Mm -hmm. a failure. And even after like real estate success, like on my own, um, I had gotten offered this job with 
a pretty lucrative real estate company. They were a builder and was making pretty good money. Um, but I just couldn't handle the schedule and I couldn't handle having to be there on somebody else's time. Like I wanted the freedom uh-huh. around my whole life, you know, and especially with three children, I wanted that freedom. And I, I just, it hit me after that moment. Like, this is my teachable moment. Like, this is my, mm-hmm. I, I failed and failed and failed. You know what I mean? And then you adapt. And so I, I love that. I love that we talked about that. I, I mean, I'm sure you have your own moments like that too. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I think that like with Desiree, so much of what she like overcame and adapted to had so much to do with her mentality about it, you know, and where she was putting her energy. Um, And that's what I love. And that's one thing that I really took away from this episode was you always have a choice, you know, like you can choose to go one direction or the other. And, you know, I think you just need to follow your heart. And and when you guys listen to this, you're going to know that Um, she had it pretty rough, but she overcame and she, once she just really accepted and started loving who she was, then that's when she just came this the best version of herself. And you'll you'll get to know her, guys. She is so happy. She's so inspirational. And you're going to love her. Yes. And you know what? I cannot wait for y'all to hear this story. And I also, we got to talk about her hot parents. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is, y'all are going to hear about this. Like, we're about to get into it. But, man, like, we're going to post that picture on the Instagram page, too. But, she apparently, like, the way she's describing her dad and her mom, I'm like, wow, like, oh, and she's gorgeous, so obviously, so anyway, she's got super hot parents, she's got a really cool story, I cannot wait for y'all to hear it, I guess we should probably go ahead, we've been talking about it, we should probably go ahead and jump in, right? Yeah, let's do it, you guys, here's Desiree. Hey, Desiree, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, we, we know that life gets super crazy, and so we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about your life and how you change other people's lives. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, I've been just waiting for this episode. You know this, is, this has been years in the making, right? And I'm so excited that we're here now, and I'm so excited to hear about all of the new things that you have going on in your life. Um, It truly, when I first met you, blew my mind how much we actually have in common. But why don't you tell all of us who don't know you yet a little bit about your background and where you're from and how you grew up? Sure. And I, too, have been looking forward to this since you uh, came back into my space. I was like, yay, she's back. I thought I lost (laughs) her. (laughs) So I was really, really excited. Um, But, yeah, a little bit about me and my background. I'm born and raised in the Bronx, New York, just like (laughs) J-Lo. And um, I am Latina. Yeah, I'm Latina, just like J-Lo, too. We all love us some J-Lo. And... Um, my parents were really young parents when they had me, 17, 18 years old, and they were wild. <laughs> they were, you know, my dad was a drug dealer, actually, and my mom was just out on the party scene. Uh, my dad was actually shot when I was four years old, and um, he became a quadriplegic for life, uh, paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. And um, I think that, for me, it was probably without knowing it then, obviously, right, I was four, but probably the one of the most important um, life lessons for me, just seeing how my dad um, 
I, I can't say how he processed it, right? Because I wasn't him inside of him. Um, and I can only imagine it was tormenting and it, that's a whole nother demon that he has to deal with. But his resilience and his acceptance of just, okay, I'm alive and I'm here, um, it taught me so, so much. And it really also impacted um, the way that I um, process gratitude and apply gratitude in my life. Um, so, you know, I know that that's something that happened for a reason. And it also, I think, has done amazing things for me as a parent. You know, my daughter, when she was born, she was born with a condition called cystic fibrosis, which is, um, for those that don't know, it's a genetic disease and there's no cure for it. And so luckily we're blessed and she's thriving. Um, but like I said, there's no cure for it. So there's always that kind of back end worry. Um, and I think that I was somewhat trained, I guess, throughout my life because of living with my dad. You know, people growing up would be like, oh, my God, what's it like to have a dad that's in a wheelchair? And, oh, you must be so sad. And, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just never looked at it that way because it was so normal for me to have my dad in a wheelchair my whole life. So I feel like that's been applied and come full circle with me and my daughter because this is all she's ever known is to have cystic fibrosis. And I've never treated her any differently because of it, the same way I – grew up never treating my dad differently because he was in a wheelchair. Um, and I think that, you know, had that not happened, I don't know really how I would have processed or handled um, my daughter's diagnosis when she was just, you know, only two months old. Um, and then, you know, my mom and I, they, it's, it's a crazy love story. And <laughs> it's one that you probably only see in like some crazy movie. Um, but, you know, they were super in love. Yeah, they were they were hot. They were so good looking. They were really in love. You know, all the girls wanted my dad and all the guys wanted my mom. <laughs> and she was a great dancer, beautiful blue eyes. And she she wanted to be with him after his, you know, accident, after he got shot. She wanted to be with him so badly. She went to the hospital. She wanted to marry him and got the reverend and everything. And he pushed her away. And he said no. And he said, I cannot do for you like or for Desiree like I can't do anything for you guys like you need to go find somebody and you need to go live a better life and create the life that you guys both deserve and that also taught me so much about sacrifice because my father could have absolutely and had been entitled to like being selfish and wanting to keep my mom there and she would have been willing but he wasn't and you know because of that then she became a single mom and that came with its own stresses. You know, my mom struggled for many years with alcoholism and with um, some drug abuse. She, she wasn't like a hardcore drug addict, but she had drug abuse there. And so that was, that's what I grew up with mainly. I and mean, she was a good mom, you know, and she, she did everything that she could for her kids, but it came with its own trauma and its own triggers that I had to learn to work through. So the relationship between me and my mom is a very layered one um, and um, one that I still work through, um, but you know, there's no, there's no distance there. We're close. And in, in Spanish families, it's like that, you know what I mean? You, you don't divorce your parents in Spanish families. Um, and then, you know, she uh, moved me to Puerto Rico when I was 13. She was with, uh, she ma married my stepfather at the time. And um, that's another really pivotal point for me because at that point, my stepdad was a pretty successful man. And so we traveled a lot, and I got exposed to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different things and went a lot of beautiful places. And I think that that 
really has also come full circle to where I'm at today, where I teach people to see the possibility. I teach women that life is way bigger than what's in their own backyard. And without this background that I've had um, growing up, I don't think that I would be able to teach that as effectively. Wow. Well, first of all, I I definitely want to see pictures of your parents. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You know what? My dad was like the, the the Puerto Rican. Well, my dad's also part Cuban. So I'm Puerto Rican, Cuban, and Ecuadorian, but I was raised fully Puerto Rican. But my uh, my dad, I always looked at him as like the Puerto Rican John Travolta during the Saturday Night Fever Ooh. days. Ooh. Yeah. Me and yeah. Amanda both. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I cannot wait. I will definitely send you oh guys some pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, we we promise to post them so everybody else can see. We we've got to see what they look like for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you've lived the life, man. Like you said in the beginning, this is kind of some of the stuff you see in movies. You know, your dad was shot. He was you know a drug dealer, like all this kind of crazy stuff. But you've also learned so much from it. And seriously, just look at who you are now. It's unbelievable. You are one of the coolest people that we have ever talked to. And I know that you've been through, you know, some financial hardships, right? Learning to to fail with grace and just failing forward. So kind of tell me what that looks like for you. Well, um, yeah, you know, failing is funny, right? Because none of us are exempt from it. We all have to fail to learn, except for some of us, it takes us a lot longer to actually learn the lessons that come with the failures. And you know, in order to fail forward, you have to be willing to continue to fail. You have to be willing for the things to happen to you. Um, You have to allow them to happen. And hopefully with time and with work on yourself and with some grace, you'll learn to to look at those failures not as failures, right, but as teachable moments and as lessons that can mold you into something different and mold your life into something different. Um, But, you know, for me, when I was going through all of my financial hardships, I can't really pinpoint it to a specific time. You know, I'm going to highlight one for you so that to give you kind of an idea, but this can go all the way back to to when I was very young. Um, I left home by choice at 17. I actually left home to go off to college, and I got kicked out of college my first semester. <laughs> I was my, the first kid in my <laughs> family to go to college, and I got kicked out my first semester. And I wasn't a bad girl or anything like that. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I actually, moving from Puerto Rico to Boston, super hot climate to probably the coldest city <laughs> in um, on yeah. the coast. Yeah, and then, like, it was, like, a big culture shock for me. And I wasn't, again, remember bringing up my upbringing, I wasn't sent out into the world with those kind of tools to succeed in that environment. And so I hid in my room the whole semester, and I watched Jerry Springer. <laughs> I had even Oh, my, my gosh, how funny. Me. Yeah, I had my I would have my friends bring me like the food from the cafeteria and I'd eat it in there and I just wouldn't go to class. Um, back then I think I was just on some like, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? I didn't care. Looking back, clearly I was lacking direction and guidance and just not loving myself all so much and thinking that I was worthy of all that. But um I say all that today, I struggled a lot during those times and that's probably the beginning of like my financial hardship. And so I think all those things kind of compounded over time and I came into two thousand seventeen, I wanna say not the brokest I've ever been, because 
during those times, <laughs> my early adult years, I was broke, broke, right? I was constantly get, quit, quitting or getting fired from jobs. I was always looking for a place to crash. I was couch surfing. I went days sometimes without eating, and I was too prideful to go back home. My mom was good. Wow. My parents, they they had money. They were okay. I, I lived the best of both worlds. I grew up in some poverty, but then my mother married well, and we were okay. But I was so prideful. I couldn't go back um, and say, hey, guess what, guys, I'm hungry. Um, and so I put a lot of struggle on myself. Um, so it definitely wasn't the brokest I've been in 2017, but it was the most broken I've ever been. And um, oh, during gosh. that time, I, you know, I just – couldn't seem to get off of this struggle bus. I couldn't seem to just find a steady, you know, income to bring in. I was doing different things, but it just, my decisions weren't allowing me to create a new um, pattern or a new cycle. And I eventually, at the, I mean, at that point, I don't think I realized that I was failing forward, right? Um, I think I was just failing and failing and failing and failing until I got really sick and tired of failing um and that's pretty much when that stopped for me and then when i look back on it i wasn't even failing you know i was just living life unguided i was living life unintentionally and i was living life without direction and because of that i was making a series of decisions that were manifesting toxicity um financial hardships failure, struggle, but looking back, I, I don't even think any of it was failure, you know? There was this moment that I created um, and that I'm grateful enough now doing the work um, that I can learn from and that I can apply differently. And so I think that's where now the failing forward happens now, right? These compounded moments of these quote-unquote failures. Um, and now I can apply different things and push forward, so... It's a cycle. It's it's something that we all, I think, at some point get into. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, you're on that struggle bus, and it's just the wheels keep turning. How do I get out? And you, I don't even think for a lot of our lives um, we're aware of it. You know what I mean? You, it, it takes yeah. a while until it kicks in, and you decide, hey, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done with this cycle. I'm ready to get off this bus. Um, and I know it takes a lot of shifting. It takes a lot of changing with the way that you think and and what you're allowing and so I know you went through some of those shifts what were some of your most pivotal shifts that you went through to just get out of that cycle because I know there's so many people that are in that now you know yeah yeah and you're right it is there is a level of unawareness um, that I think almost needs to be there for you to even have that shift or create that shift because if not what are you shifting from Right, so you have to be at this point of just like I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, whatever I'm doing is not working. And some people yes. never get there. You know, unfortunately, some people they don't have that exposure to something different, um, and they don't have that expanded like viewpoint. So they can't even ever tap into that. I feel really blessed that I have been able to. So for me, you know, the shift really just happened again because, like I said, I was just tired of being tired, tired of being broken. Um, I was a bartender for 15 years, and um, the 
money was great and then it wasn't and then it was great and then it wasn't as easy as it came in was as easy as it came out and I got just really comfortable there as comfortable as I got in my relationships as comfortable as I got in my relationship with myself and how I do things and there's that saying right how you do one thing is how you do everything or how you do anything is how you do everything it was so true at that point in my life and so um Back when I brought up 2017, what I had wanted to mention as part of that failing forward, that pivotal moment for me was that year because I was pawning um, my electronics and my belongings to buy my daughter Christmas gifts. I had oh my like gosh. mold. Yeah, I had like mold in my apartment and it was like leaking. Mind you, an apartment that I was supposed to be in only temporary. I was there for eight years <laughs> and um, I got arrested actually for driving with a suspended license and registration, not because I was, again, some super badass, but because I wasn't looking at my life and I wanted to run away from things and I wasn't being intentional. I didn't want to be intentional. I wanted to just shy away from everything and I would hope it would disappear and it would just fix itself. Um, And I lost my driving privileges for about a year, which really brought me to a place of surrender um, I had to rely on a lot of people, and I had to, like, the hum- the amount of humble pie that I had to eat in that moment was massive. <laughs> um, and, you know, right after that in 2018 is when I can say the shift came because of all of that. And I can't say it was, you know, that they're, like, specific things that I did to create the shift. It was just a compounding desire um and application of different things over time like daily right so if that meant you know i started i started journaling a lot right i started you know making my gratitude list a lot i started feeding my brain my mindset my soul more intentionally there were things that i was already doing prior because i've been an entrepreneur since 2014 so I was already kind of exposed to certain things so there were things that I was doing but not with the intention behind it and not with the alignment so 2018 to 2020 because the shift does not happen overnight the the life that you want to create will not happen overnight so it's been two years of shifting and it's been two years of those kind of practices um, now also affirming and um, even everything I teach now are things that I have to implement daily if not daily weekly or monthly and that is what over time will create that shift in your life oh my gosh that's amazing and you you know you said i started feeding my brain more intentionally and i love that because it really does i you know amy's kind of been introducing me to a lot of this stuff and it takes kind of a lot to really hype yourself up to start doing that and you know and like yeah. you said that shift doesn't happen overnight it took you two years, you know? And so I think if there's anybody listening, just please remember that it, it doesn't happen overnight. Like Dobie said, it takes, I mean, it's, look at her. It's, it's two, it's two years and going, you know? Um, yeah. And Desiree, you also mentioned that um, I, I love your viewpoint on being a college dropout, right? It used to be something that you considered, yeah. you know, really an insecurity, but for you now, it kind of seems like you have a whole new viewpoint on it and a new energy about it. So tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, you know, it was, it was definitely something, I wouldn't say it was something that I hid, you know, but it was something my mom hid, (laughs) you know, it was something I remember being, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22. And mind you, when I got 
kicked out of the first um, college, I tried three other times with three other colleges <laughs> over the span of four more years. Um, and I never lasted more than two semesters in one place. Um, so I would remember going back home and visiting and like pa parents of like my friends from high school or the teachers that were my teachers back in high school, people that knew me then would be like, oh, you know, and how's Desiree? And she would just like make stuff up. <laughs> Because she clearly did not oh my want gosh, to let anybody funny. know <laughs> that I was a college dropout. And <laughs> so I think that that is kind of like the weight that I carried with me. Like, oh, man, I disappointed my parents. You know, I disappointed them. Like, they're not perfect, but they definitely sacrificed um, a lot of things um, to put me in a position to have that kind of lifestyle that they didn't get to have. <clears throat> and I totally took it for granted at that time, and that, and that's how I felt for a long time. I don't know now, I mean, yeah, what kid doesn't take things for granted, so part of that is still true, but looking back now, I can't really say, like, that was the whole picture, that I just took it for granted. Clearly, I didn't see myself there. I didn't see a worthiness there, but also, um, I, I don't think that I understood that it's not for everyone, <laughs> and at that time, it wasn't for me. And I was forcing it for all the wrong reasons. Um, it's one of the reasons why, you know, when I was introduced to network marketing back in 2014, um, look where it's taken me now almost seven years, you know, out um, where I have my own company, my own brand now. Um, but joining in network marketing back then showed me that I could actually become a professional at something. And it didn't require a college degree. And I think that's when I started to have a little more sense of, like, pride um, about my journey with, with my college days or lack of um, versus a sense of, like, failure and defeat and, like, just um, not enough, right, like not good enough. Um, so, yeah, you know, I even sometimes have conversations with, like, younger women, and I have a daughter. My daughter's 13, so we have conversations about college, and she says she wants to go to college. She wants to be an archaeologist, um, which is so far left from me, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, and I tell her, I'm like, I support you in whatever you want to do. I wouldn't push her either way. Just because I'm an entrepreneur, I won't push her to become an entrepreneur, and just because I do feel like I'd love to see her realize that dream if, you know, if it is her dream. It doesn't mean that if she came to me and said, hey, my college is not for me, clearly I'm the one who will understand. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been like, it's like a love-hate relationship, but it's, it's come full circle. Like, I feel good, and I know that there are people, you know, who are in college or have graduated college with a ton of debt, who don't even work in the field that they studied. And they are so undercompensated. And I just can't have a regret about where I'm at now, where I get to live my passion and share it with others. And because my work is of high value, I get to be compensated for it and as massively as I want to. And that's very rewarding for me, not in just the, the monetary sense, but in the sense of the lives that I'm impacting and how they impact me and my yeah. life. Um, and you, I don't think you can always get that with a college education. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my whole take on it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like 
you know, college, I agree with you, is not for everybody. And I, now that I've gone through like the same struggle and even the same struggle with just not finding the right job, not finding the right job, or, you know, having to end this career for one reason or another, um, it's almost like it's God is telling you, like, he's like pulling you back, like, nope, this ain't it, nope, this ain't it, and we keep trying to jump in, it's like bad relationships even, you know, we keep trying to jump into that toxic relationship or the same type of person even, God's like, nope, it's not it, it's not it, and it kind of feels you forward once you start to listen and once you start to realize, you know, that's just not the direction that he's putting you in, that's just not the direction that the universe is pushing you in, and obviously, you just, you're doing something amazing now. One of the things I'm most excited about is the manifestation. I mean, it's something that I came across a couple years ago, and I've just been getting Amanda into it, and it gets me so excited. And so I can't wait to hear about it. And you, you've created a business around it. So tell us about how this was created. I know there was a seed, you know, that was planted long ago. You just didn't know it yet. How did you find mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I think that's for most people, like anything that's, in you there was some sort of seed planted long ago um and for me my um mom had introduced me to the secret and not the book at the time but the movie um back in 2008 i think around that time and i remember watching it and being like this makes total sense (laughs) like it's just speak what i wanted to existence this makes total sense but again, being young and misguided and not doing the work that I clearly do now, um, I wasn't applying techniques. I, I didn't dive all the way in to teachings and following people who teach it. And, you know, I wasn't investing in programs. They were out then, not as much as they probably are now on the social medias and everywhere, not as easily accessible, but they were out then and I wasn't investing in any of that. Um, but it was a seed and it stayed planted. And then I think um, 2014, again, when I partnered up with a network marketing company, I believe in, in network marketing. Now there's different, you know, different beliefs um, and there's different theories on like the MLMs and the there's different types of structures. Um, I, I'm definitely clearly going in a different direction, but I believe in the power of it because you get put into a community of like-minded people and you get put in, you, you're able to almost build your own tribe of people as well. And um, it showed me possibility and it reminded me that seed that was planted, it started kind of like sprouting a bit, you know what I mean? And that's when I first started making vision boards, right? And bring that full yeah. circle. So 2014 was my first vision board. And um, in 2020, just, you know, a few months ago, at the end of 2020, I held my first ever um, vision board event called 2021 by Design. And it was so, it went so well and was so popular that I created like a part two, a second one um, in January. And so that'll probably be something now that I do yearly because the energy was just so amazing behind it. But I bring up the vision board to say like, that was just yet another seed planted, right, showing me the possibility. But, again, I didn't know the principles behind it, like how much more intention has to go behind just putting some pretty pictures and pretty words up on a board. There's so much work that has to go on behind the scenes in order for these things to really manifest in your life. And so in 2018, when the shift began for me, um, after that horrible year in 2017, I started asking for guidance 
don't ask me to who. I didn't know at the time that the universe, God, I was just like screaming out into the world, like, help me, please. Show me a sign. <laughs> what do I need to do? I need to change my life. This cannot be my life anymore. What do I need to do? And before you knew it, you know, like most of us, when we're just sitting and scrolling, right, through Instagram, through Facebook, I started, pages started coming into my my view, right? People who were practicing manifestation, affirmations, journaling, and gratitude, and all of these just different things, it started finding me. And now I had a different mindset, a strong desire to shift, um, and a desire to really start applying what I'm learning. And, and so as I started doing all of that, I saw that a complete shift in 2018, moving into 2019 and 2020, right? So I met an amazing man that I'm in a relationship with now, um, and we're not perfect. I don't like to promote perfect relationships. They do not exist. <laughs> it always kind of gets me. People are like, I have the most perfect relationship. I'm like, lie. <laughs> um, I know, right? Liar. Liar. Yeah, no, I mean, and it doesn't mean anything bad. It's not like a judgy thing. It's just like two people coming together and intertwining their lives does not come without challenges and obstacles, you know. But that being said, you know, I've been in quite a few toxic relationships, and I finally manifested a relationship with a man who really allows me to shine. And there's a lot of power in there. Of course, there's the power in finding your own security and confidence to shine no matter who's around you but your environment matters a lot and being intentional with the environment you create and the people you surround yourself with really matters and so having somebody in your corner that allows you and gives you that space to shine you know is really pivotal so that manifested for me and um I also took on a corporate job, which I never thought I would, but I did. And that was part of the surrender. That was part of the humble pie, right, that I had to eat. But that also brought other manifestations into my world. I finally moved out of my one-bedroom little shack of an apartment that was supposed to be temporary. And I finally moved into a beautiful, just so visually stimulating, peaceful home that, again, I manifested. And... Um, I tripled, if not quadrupled, my income with my network marketing business. So after I did that, I just knew that something powerful was happening in my life, that this wasn't just your average shift, that I was really, really showing up and leveling up. And because of that, the universe was showing up for me. And I just knew that this was a message that I had to get out to other women. I knew that I was being used as a vehicle or a vessel, however you want to look at it. I was being used as an instrument to share this message and not only share it, but to actually show women how to apply the principles and how to live with intention to manifest the life that you want and and desire. Oh my gosh. Yes. I tell Amanda all the time. I'm like, if you, she, she knew me four years ago, but we were very private about what we were going through. And I tell people, and I told Amanda, I'm like, if you would have known like how, hard things were four years ago for us like we or actually it's been five years now like I was literally counting every single penny that I took to the grocery store and um like when I look at where we're at now I'm all wow I we did that like how like why are how are we here now like you you know you talk about moving to the dream home and that's exactly what we did and literally even 
even just a few years ago, I, I, I wanted it, I could see it and I was working on the manifesting, but I didn't know how it was going to happen, you know? Um, and in my experience, a lot of that was a lot of what I had to do was clear a lot of clutter, you know, like a lot of, um, emotional baggage and a lot of toxic thoughts that don't get you anywhere. Like, you know, when you, you just talk bad to yourself, you talk down to yourself and you, Mm -hmm. you're really putting words out there that say, you know, this can never happen. I can never do that. When you start believing that, uh, Mm -hmm. if you don't ever clear that out, you can't move forward. And I know there's a lot of that that has to be done, um, at least in my experience. So I want to know, I know there was some of that personal growth going on for you too. You know, what were some of those tricks that you did to, to flush that out? You know, what were some, what were some of the daily energy work that you were putting in to work on that? Because it's so important. It it really is. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you brought up decluttering. Um, and I don't think that that's just in a um, spiritual or mental um, way. I mean, all things are energy, right? And so, when you brought that up, it reminded me, okay, so 2018 is here. And I'm like, all right, I need to shift my mindset now, not when I get the thing that I want, right? So I can't wait to get the thing that I want to yes. be happy. I have to create my happiness right now. So right now, I'm still in this one-bedroom apartment. So what can I do to make myself happier here? And I went through a purge, <laughs> like an, uh, like such a big purge. Um I literally had, so my daughter had the bedroom, and then I had shifted the living room into, like, my bedroom all those years ago when we moved in. Um, Again, because it was supposed to be temporary, I had at first just a futon and a TV. And then because I stayed there longer, I was like, okay, well, I need, like, a sofa or something, and I got a sofa with a pull-out bed. So I'm like, okay, I can sleep in the pull-out bed, and then during the day I still have, like, a living room kind of space. Years pass, I'm still there. I'm like, okay, I need a bed. I cannot keep living on this sofa bed. So I brought a <laughs> bed in. Now I have a bed, a sofa, um, two big, like, these Ikea closets, because this is a living room, not a bedroom, and I need a closet, um, a desk for my workspace. And this is all, like, in, a, like, a 200-square-foot or 100-square-feet. Like, it was so tiny. I don't even know how wow. I fit all of that in there. And then just years and years of collecting things and through relationships and all these things. And I went through a massive purge. I said, I'm throwing everything out, furniture included. I only want a bed, a dresser, and a desk in here. I want all of my walls white and I want my floors gray because that's what I envisioned for my new place. So I'm going to create that here. So that was one of the first things that I did. And I'm going to tell you, when I did that, it lightened my energy so much. I didn't even realize how heavy my energy was because I'm really a positive, optimistic, kind of like, you know, happy person. And most of my people know me for that. I'm always looking for the bright side. But that doesn't mean that you're not carrying around or that I wasn't carrying around an, uh, a neg- an, ener- an energy that had like a negative tone to it or a cynical tone. I definitely was on my way to becoming the ultimate cynic. Definitely. Um, and um, that was one of the first things that I did. Um, after that, I'd probably say um, that journaling was probably the next best thing that I did. You know, we have so many, we have so much programming from when we're brought up, things that are not within our control when we're really, really young. And these things come up for us over and over and over again. Like this work never stops. 
right? It's continual. So new levels, you're going to reach, you're going to be hit with different obstacles and different challenges, and you're going to have to work through those. Actually, I'd like to veer off for a second. It's, it's within topic, but I'll get back to finishing that answer. But limiting beliefs are probably one of the first things that you want to start tackling when you want to create the shift. And, and, and that's what I did, right? After I purged, I started working on the limiting beliefs. And the reason I'm bringing up what I'm going to bring up the story is because I don't ever like when I teach people, I teach, okay, this work is forever. Whether you continue to work with me or other people or by yourself, it doesn't stop. So last night, um, I booked a trip to Puerto Rico with my boyfriend. He's never been to Puerto Rico, and I'm from Puerto Rico, right? So I booked a trip for four days um, for next month at this amazing, beautiful boutique hotel that I've been dying to stay at. You don't know how long it took me, <laughs> weeks to book this trip because I had so many limiting beliefs come up for me. I had so many triggers come up for me. And why? Like I created this whole post about this yesterday where people would be like, what's the big deal? You booked a plane ticket. You know what I mean? You booked a trip. People do that all the time. But one, I haven't traveled in years. One, because, you know, we had, like I said, that I had that financial hardship going on. And then from there, I just kind of was, I've been in this shift mode, almost like so laser focused on building my business and, and just fixing myself. I wasn't concerned with trips and travel, right? Um, two, now you have COVID in the picture, which is a big deal, right? It, it, it changes the way we make decisions now. And then you have compounded on top of that the fact that I have always had anxiety around traveling. I love to get to the places. I love being in the places. I just never loved the actual process of traveling. I get a lot of anxiety and nervousness in my tummy. <laughs> it's really real. Um, and then money issues came up. We have the money and we can do it. But ever since I leveled up the amount of income that I'm bringing in and the amount of abundance that I'm bringing in, there was a whole new limiting belief that I had developed that was just like, hold on, wait, I have to hold on to it for dear life because if I let it go, there might not be more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so relatable. Yeah. And if you stay in that mindset, though, if you allow yourself to stay there and to believe that and you don't look for evidence of the contrary, you're going to be paralyzed with fear. You're not going to be able to make the simplest decisions like booking a plane ticket. And so I had to work through all of those emotions over the past, you know, week or so. Um, and before I went ahead and hit like, yep, buy tickets or whatever that little button said, I had to really like clear my intention and, and get happy about it. I had to do that from a very happy, abundant, celebratory place versus, you know, the fear and the not knowing and the what if, right? All of that stuff. Um, so it's always going to keep happening was the point of that little story that I wanted to share. But journaling helps me a lot with those limiting beliefs. We sometimes, most times actually are so connected, so close to our triggers, to our trauma, to our problems that we can't see the solution. And we need to allow space for it to come in. We need to allow the solution to come to us. We need to allow the universe and God to bring us what we're asking for, what we're looking for. So we have to clear out that space, that energy in our mind, in our body, in our soul. We have to clear that out. And so writing in a journal 
brain dumping is like the best thing that you can do because as you are writing and writing and writing and writing, you're like new things are going to come into the brain. And if what you're desiring is a solution, that's exactly what's going to come. So, um, you know, I'd say purging and, and journaling and then gratitude. I really had to get so super serious about my level of gratitude for being alive and for living life and for um, having creative control, acknowledging that I have creative control and, and being super grateful about that. And, you know, I got to a point where I just said, I'm going to write down one thing I'm grateful for every single day, right? This is two years ago. If you ask me now to go ahead and do this exercise, I can write 50, 60 things right now that I'm grateful for. Oh, my gosh. That is – that's awesome because, you know, like I've mentioned this before, Amy's kind of really getting me into this, and I am a total newbie, (laughs) like, in Mm -hmm. every sense of the word. And so you mentioned, you know, journaling about – those limiting beliefs and really working on clearing out that energy, or I love how you said brain dumping, because that makes so much sense. And just also practicing that deep down gratitude. Is there anything else you would recommend to somebody who is just starting out with manifesting? Um, you know, not to sound redundant, but I think that um, gratitude is a, is a really great place to start. It's something that I really work on hard with my, um, with my one-on-one clients, um, you know, really holding space for gratitude will, I mean, it's even scientifically proven, right? Think happy thoughts, you actually feel happy. Um, So you have to connect yourself to the things that make you feel good and alive and and, um, purposeful. So that comes all from gratitude. It all stems from gratitude. So if you could just start your morning off every single day, um, with a gratitude list. Just start with one thing, and then maybe you can graduate to three things. Um, there's actually this really amazing journal that I started using just a little bit after Christmas, and it's called the five-minute journal. I do not, I'm not affiliated with them. I'm actually in the process of creating my own <laughs> journal that'll, that should be available soon, but it's such a good journal um, that I'm happy to share it. And what I love about this journal is that um, it's, each day is broken up into parts. And so the first part is um, list three things that you're grateful for in the morning, right? Um, and uh, write your own affirmation, and you can take it from somebody else and, you know, um, and write it down or create your own affirmation. And then list three things that would make today really great. So I love that. And then at the end of the day, at night, before you journal for another five minutes, it'll ask you um, what could you have done to make today better? And then name one thing that happened today that was just, like, amazing, right? Because we don't celebrate ourselves enough or the things that we do enough. We were just always looking at what we're not doing and what we could have done. And um, we don't focus on the things that we actually did do. Like, if this was the only thing I did today and all of today, old me, <laughs> you know, before uh, prior to Manifestation Goddess, um, that me would have been like, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't write the list. I didn't send the email. I didn't get, I didn't take a shower today. I didn't do my hair. Knew me. It's just like, girl, you just got interviewed for a podcast by two amazing women. Like you can tell you've had an amazing day. Um, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Ourselves. Yeah. We, we definitely don't celebrate ourselves or not. So um, again, gratitude. I definitely would start there and also affirming. 
that's a huge part because aside from being manifestation goddess, a lot of people also know me as the affirmation queen. Um, I actually have an affirmation deck that will be launching very, very soon. But affirmations, even if you do not believe the affirmations just yet, the repetitive nature in which you practice them will rewire your brain. It will rewire your belief system. So affirmations, I think, are super simple because they're anywhere. You do not have to be an affirmation queen and you don't have to, you know, be super creative where you can create your own. If you go on Pinterest right now and search up affirmations, you'll have more than you ever even know what to do with. Listing one, yeah, listing listing one thing you're grateful for each day is a great start and then um, saying one affirmation to yourself a day, you know. And I'm a big fan of post-its and putting affirmations on post-its all over your house. Oh my gosh, I love that. I need to start doing that, Amy. I need to start like writing sticky notes and like putting them in the fridge on my mirrors. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Everywhere I can yes. see them. That's such a wonderful idea. I heard something the other day too, and it, they said, you know, when you start, and this is kind of what Desiree is saying, when you start thinking happy thoughts and, you know, when you're laying in bed at night before you go to sleep and you're like, I am worthy, I am, you know, the money will flow. When you start talking to yourself like that, when you sleep, your brain physically tries to connect those dots. And, you know, that's all part of the whole manifesting thing. Your your brain is trying to help oh, yeah. you no matter how you feel. So on the flip side of that, if you're going to bed thinking, oh, my gosh, today was awful. I didn't get this done. I didn't do this. While you sleep, your brain is, again, connecting those dots, but it's, it's on the, the flip side of that. It's on the negative side of that. Oh, yeah. So I love Absolutely. the power yeah. of affirmations. Yeah, and you yeah, know, you, even just to like dig a little deeper in there, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hopefully I didn't cut you off, but just to dig a little no, no, deeper no, in there. Um, and I know the question was posed for people who, you know, um, have, they want to create the shift, they don't know how to create the shift, but you could very well be listening in and have already started to create a shift, um, but you feel stuck because that will happen in this journey. You will have many moments in which you feel stuck, like, okay. I started to feel better and oh I manifested this, but now what? Now I'm I'm stuck here and I, I wanna get to the next thing. Um, so there's different other little things you can do, like there on YouTube, there's like frequencies you can listen to, healing frequencies, uh, money manifestation frequencies, like all types of things, like the actual music, like that stuff that you hear behind like meditation YouTubes and stuff. Um, and you can sleep to that and also just being really, really intentional, like that's something I teach in my programs and in my one-on-one mentorship is intentionality and alignment. So being super intentional, I love TV. I'm a big TV addict. (laughs) I get that from my grandmother. We used to spend a lot of time watching TV together. Um, And so I've had to learn how to be, one, super intentional with not only how much time I invest in this favorite pastime of mine um, because it's not very income producing, but also um, I have to be intentional in the moments that I do allow myself to watch it because we are allowed these moments, right, of not just being on all the time. It's okay to switch off, but I've also gotten super intentional with what I watch or what I listen to. Um, So, you know, where five years ago, or what, what did I say, 20 years ago I was watching Jerry Springer right, or Maury Povey, <laughs> yes. and then maybe, yeah, five years ago, maybe I was watching, like, Real Housewives of whatever county, or, like, um, Love and Hip Hop, fun shows, right, very entertaining, but what is the frequency that those situations and those experiences that are on these shows, what frequency is that putting into your brain, 
right? Fighting, drama, <laughs> gossip, right? None, none of none of the things that really are going to propel you towards being that better human that you ultimately want to be. So, getting yep. intentional is is important. Right, and I think, well, you're you're picking up frequencies that you can't see, and I think something that uh, really spoke to me when I was first learning this. You know, I used to roll my eyes when I hear, like, positive affirmations, you know, all these things. And for my husband, it was the same. And the reason why listening to that when you're going to sleep is because your your brain is shut down to what's not denying it anymore. And your subconscious mm-hmm. is always recording. And so just like, yeah, just like Desiree was saying, like, if you're watching those shows and that energy all the time, your mind becomes – it starts to crave it almost because every mm-hmm. single thing that you hear, every single thing that you feel – Every single feeling that you have is recorded, and, and when it compounds, that's what you're going to start seeing projected. And so the reason that it works when you're either in meditation or when you're sleeping is because that part of your brain is shut down, the subconscious is still awake, the subconscious is still recording it, and then you are compounding more positive thoughts than you are negative thoughts, and you're able to shut those out, whereas it's hard at first. You know, it's hard to just tell, oh, I'm going to tell myself good things, and oh my, oh my gosh, all these things are going to happen. But you can't, mm-hmm. you can't do that at first. You've got to work your way out of it. You know, it's that mm-hmm. gradual shift. And so that's why that works. And if anybody's listening, you know, that's sitting here listening and thinking, oh, yeah, silly, try it. Try it for a little bit. Write on your for, mirror. Put a post-it note for a little bit. See how it goes. I'm telling you. Yeah, for fun. I like to tell people, let's just for an experiment, right? What do you have to lose? Experiment. Do this exactly. every day for a week and, see, and just see what happens. <laughs> going to say I bet with your clients if they do it for the, for a week they're like oh my god it's actually working I feel so much different yeah. you know I mean I just I feel like there's no way around that yeah absolutely and it's funny because I was saying I was watching um I don't know I you know I'm always like I said I'm intentional with feeding my brain and so my it helps that I'm super passionate about it and I love it right I'm an energetic match for it but my craving for the deeper knowledge on all of this stuff is just is never ending. So I'm always studying and I'm, I'm hopping on somebody's webinar and, you know, somebody's program and I have my coach and, you know, it looks like this year I'll probably have several coaches that I invest in um, for different things. But I was on, um, I was I forget if it's a webinar or live, I was on something and uh, they were discussing NLP, right? The neuro-linguistic programming. So how we use our words and our verbiage and everything. Um, and it's funny because she was highlighting a point where she's like, you know, talking to somebody and it's just like the person has so much evidence in their mind from all their programming and everything that they've seen growing up that, that says this can't be done or this is not possible, or I cannot have, or I am not worthy, right? Um, or this is not for me. <laughs> um, they've had so, they have so much evidence that it's just like, you can say, but that's not true. Like, you know, do you want a life where, you know, you make six figures in one month? I mean, it sounds nice, but it's not true. Okay, but is it, do you want it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but right. it's not true, right? It's not true. They'll just keep fighting. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true um, because it doesn't seem real to them. They can't believe that it's that it's real. And then, you know, okay, it's not true, but is it serving you? No, it's not serving me. Okay, well, then do you want to let go of it? No, I don't think I'm ready to let it go because <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> All righty. Well, then, you know, enjoy 
the cycle. You'll be in it for a while. And when you're ready to come out, the universe will know, God will know, and you'll be presented with everything you need. Yeah, call me when you want to get off that that struggle bus. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Well, Desiree, oh, my gosh, thank you. This has been amazing. Um, For those of you who do not know her, she is so gorgeous on the inside and out, as you have heard from this interview. Follow her on social media, guys. She is a true light, and we, Amy and I, love following her on social media. We get get these daily inspirational posts that we love. Um, She talked about one earlier. Uh, We laugh, we we cry. She is just such an amazing person to follow. So, Desiree, where can we find you on social media? Yes. Well, first, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. Um, I truly, truly appreciate them. And I'm so happy to be connected with you ladies. Um, So on the social medias, on Facebook, because I am quite active on Facebook. Many people, you know, they go straight for Instagram. I'm active on both. But I have a community on Facebook, a private Facebook um, community called Manifesting is a Vibe. So if you look me up on Facebook, it's Desiree Boss Babe Manessis. And um, you can add me, private message me, ask me about the group. I'd be happy to let you in the group because I really um, give a ton of free resource and content in there. And that group is usually the first to know about anything that I have cooking up. So you can find me there on Facebook. And then on Instagram, I am at the real underscore Desiree with three E's at the end instead of two. So at the real underscore Desiree. Um, And I share all my stuff on there as well and then i have a website for actual merchandise manifestation goddess merchandise so we have cute t-shirts and coffee mugs and this amazing beautiful planner that i just created Um, i'm sorry journal it's a it's a i'm working on the planner i got to choose um but it's a uh journal and it is called goddess reflection so you can find that on there as well and that is manifestationgoddesses.com oh my gosh and you have a podcast too right tell us a little bit about that not yet, but <laughs> it's so close. Oh, um, it's my, a- yeah, my goal was to launch um, at the end of last month, and it's it's looking like it'll be this month, but um, I was just uh, working on, yeah, I was working on just finalizing the right name, so I, I have it. It will be called The Goddess Mindset, and we will go, like, every episode will cover anything from manifestation to empowerment to mindset um, and all things that have to do with embodying the goddess within you. That's what I want to help every woman do is to tap into the goddess within themselves um, that they already are. So you can look out for that. Um, this month, I, I just have to record the actual first episode. I have the, like, shell, right? I have the intro and the outro and the name. I just have to actually get the first episode in. But I'm really, really excited about that. And I actually, I mean, I don't know um, when your listeners will be listening to this, but I have a program um, that's in – pre-launch right now and it launches officially on February 14th, the day of love and doors open for the program on February 24th. And it is called the love within. And I think um, that if any of anybody listening has felt um, inspired or moved or just touched in some way by our conversation today, I think um, the love within would be something worth looking into because that's really where it all starts, right? The shift, the desire, manifesting none of it can happen without a really strong and healthy relationship with yourself and that's what the program is all about oh my goodness well yeah your episode is going to air in march but guys i would still reach out for her and i can't wait for your podcast i'm so happy for you i know 
how like nerve wracking it is, but you know, when God gives you a vision, you just got to run with it, right? You just got to go with it. Um, It can be really nerve wracking. And it's funny. um, Also, when I speak to people and they think I have it all together, (laughs) I know, (laughs) because I've given myself a title and like, I have this going on and that going on. And it's like, no, I don't have it together. I'm just doing the things and I'm just showing up because I'm called to show up. And I've, learned enough in my journey to just show up messy and all so yeah the podcast has been a little bit of like a nerve-wracking thing but I'm really excited to um, get it going and thank you for bringing it up of course yeah I I had somebody tell me that one time that I was put together and I literally laughed out loud I didn't even think about it I was like girl let me tell you Oh, if you only knew. And, you know, Amanda and I have hit our own, like, little bumps here here and there just trying to get this relaunch. But it's all part of it. It's all part of the growth. And I think it's going to be amazing. And I I want your affirmation deck. So please text me when that's available. I want to know. And, yes, y'all find her on social media. Yeah, y'all find her and follow her, join her group. It's only going to benefit you. It's only going to help you. I promise you. I've already been through the journey. Amanda's going through it now. God put this episode in front of you. I really believe that. And thank you so much, Desiree. I just really can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. These ladies have been absolutely amazing. This was great. Well, y'all tune in next week. And y'all have a good rest of your day, ladies. Wow. When I tell you I got chills, I just love hearing about stuff like this. And Desiree is really, she makes it easy to understand. She's so, she's so relatable. And I just love her story. Oh, my gosh. She should make a movie, right? Oh, my gosh. She should make, and she said that. She said, you know, this is the stuff you only hear about or see about in movies. And it is so, so true. I remember I just hear, hearing her story, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh, my God, this is real life. It's just kind of unbelievable, but it's amazing. No kidding. I just, I'm so excited that we're doing this. Thank you all for everybody that listened. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Um, Please join us next week. Follow us on social media. We want to hear from you. Who do you know that you want us to talk to? You know, what are you reading? What are you eating? What's making you feel good? Let us know. Yes, absolutely, guys. And again, we are your hosts. We're Amy and Amanda. We'll catch you next week. And always remember, a good podcast should be like a woman's skirt, long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to create interest. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all.